There are situations in life, you want to fix it, you want to help it, you see people doing wrong things, you see them making the same mistake over and over and over again, and it just doesn't seem to make any impact at all. Why is it that some people just bury themselves in stuff and cannot get out of it, and it hurts everyone around them? Today's show is Don't Settle for Less. It is about helping people. It's about the people themselves that keep making the same mistakes and don't know how to get out. I have good news for you. That doesn't have to be like that. But what is it going to take? And I just experienced something from a dear friend of mine that went through this whole situation, a stepmom, that they thought they were doing everything right, which I thought they were too, and then it all fell apart. I want to talk to you today about a guy named Stephen. Stephen, when you would meet him, was fun. He was just a fun, charming man. He, he was a good guy. He cared. He would give everything. He was just one of those guys that you saw him. He was the light in the room. He was the fun and a little bit of a womanizer, but he was a fun, good, good guy. Well, if you met Stephen, what you didn't really know was his background and what was really going on with him. Because when you saw him, it was all good. But who would have known that the age of a teenager he was, he had a drunken father that would keep hurting his kids while he was drunk, that would beat them up, and Steve would stand in front of his siblings and take the beatings to protect them. Steve experienced all this pain, all this struggle. He was dealing with abandonment, he was dealing with rejection, he was put down, he felt lonely, there was no one for a period of time that would rescue him, and this went on and on and on. Well, as Steve got older, he got married. And in the meantime, as young as the age of 15, he already started drinking, just like his father was drinking. Why? To numb the pain, to numb the rejection, to numb the abandonment, the numb the beatings, to numb to forget what he knew was not right, to numb all of that. And he started drinking. And he took that drinking habit with him to get rid of the pain in his heart from that moment on. Because of it, he lost his marriage. Because of it, he was no longer to do a lot with his children. They were no longer living with him. Because of it, he would be on a roof drunk and fall down and it nearly killed him as he fell between two big steel posts and he would fall right between them. Because of it, he had many DUIs. Because of it, he was on probation. Because of it, it was a mess. And yet, every time you saw him, it looked like there was nothing going on. He wasn't able to hold a job. He wasn't able to function like normal people. And his family stopped helping him, stopped talking to him, stopped working with him, start, stopped helping him because they were realizing they were not helping him because it was just helping his drinking habits. They cared for him. People prayed for him. People were there for him. But the answers just were not there. And then one day I heard from a dear friend of mine and she says, we're going to send him to Teen Challenge if he wants to go. And I asked, isn't Teen Challenge just for kids? And she says, no, there's also an adult program. We're going to send him there if he's willing. And the next time I spoke to her, he was willing. 
He was willing to go out of state. Probation approved of it, and he was going to get help. And this, my friend, is a mistake so many of us make, because we run to a doctor just to fix it, to put a Band-Aid on it. Sometimes right, sometimes wrong. Especially when somebody has been drinking hard liquor for 35 years too much, and he's an alcoholic. We want to send them away to fix the problem, and we think at that moment that God just fixed it. In some cases, this is the way to go. But when somebody has been drinking for 35 years long, you have a much bigger problem at hand. We're not just dealing with an addiction, but we're dealing with demonic powers that have taken influence that are now part of the problem that are there. So there's a certain way in how to deal with that. He went to Teen Challenge. Everything looked great. He didn't drink day one. He didn't drink day two. He didn't drink day three. It was going well. But day three, as he was at a second story building, sleepwalking, he tried to get out of the window. And when he got out of the window or on his way, a patient, another patient in the facility stopped him that moment. And as they stopped him, they saw instantly something was not right in the, way brought, in the way Steve was thinking. He was not thinking clear. He was not thinking straight. And as they were working through that, they got him into the hospital. And now he was bound to a bed for two months because of his weird and off-the-wall behavior because his brain was no longer functioning right. What had happened? What happened is that when you drink excessive amounts of hard alcohol for a long period of time, that an enzyme leaves your body, and during that time, it is the alcohol that starts feeding the brain that this person becomes dependent on. So by day three or four, when you completely stop drinking after 30 plus years, the brain starts making an impact and it needs to be under strict medical guidance for them to help that moment. He ends up in the hospital and he's not the same guy. Two months, they're keeping him alive. They're working with him, they're helping him. He is just off. He finally leaves the hospital and he has to move in with family and he is not quite normal. He can no longer be alone at all. He needs care supervising for 24 hours per day. He will make off-the-wall comments and different things. They do things and they find, finally get with him on the streets and they walk with him up to two miles a day. Things are improving. They're getting better. And then all of a sudden, and next something happens that it completely falls apart. And Steve is no longer thinking right. It's almost like he's at the level of an infant as a 50-year-plus as a old man. And, and, and he's just, he's, everything is off. He gets back in the hospital, again bound to the bed. And something absolutely devastating happens at that moment. We're all praying. We're all praying for Steve. We all fight for Steve. We all believe in a miracle. We ask God, fix this. You know, finally the change has been made that he wants real help. He's back in the hospital and he's sent home with hospice because he has two weeks to live and the brain capacity of an infant. 
Wow. You know what happens next? Hospice is there, and we're praying for a miracle. And then only three days later, I receive a text, and it says, Stephen died. What went wrong? Stay tuned. You want to hear this. Peace is beautiful. However, finding peace is not always easy. But the result when you get there is life-changing. Are you ready to dream bigger, pray bigger, believe bigger, and live bigger? If you want to break free from dull Christianity and transform to a vibrant, active believer, what are you waiting for? Dare to Believe Big teaches you to believe like never before. It is time to grow, evolve, and expand. Discover four words that can transform your life. Are you ready to build a relationship with God? God has incredible plans for you. It is an exciting opportunity, and you can live each day with a high expectation of what God will do next. Don't wait any longer and sign up for your new free membership. Sign up now and get a free gift at daretobelievebig.com. So after Steve died, I had questions. I had questions for God. God, why? Why no healing? Your Bible talks about healing. What went wrong here? And I want to read that to you because God says He heals. And God says He will use people to heal people because Christ is inside of us. So why did that not work for Steve? And I got the answer, which I want to share with you. But in Isaiah 53, it's based right here. I want to share that with you. And this was even already prophesied before Jesus Christ was born. This was already real. And Jesus did it after he was born. And so did other people, up to 70, up to many. Even today, healings do take place. But why not Steve? I'm going to explain that to you. But first, let's start with Isaiah 53. It says, He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and like one from whom men hide their face. This is Jesus that they're talking about. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was pierced through our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scorching, here it is, and by his scorching, we are healed. And all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Why did he do this? For you, for me, and for Steve. He took the place of the things we do wrong. So there was the legal right in the courts of heaven for Jesus to take our place. For what Satan fought, he had legal rights against us with the loss of faith. And that was replaced by pure love, pure truth, and full healing. So why did I say 
I said, Holy Spirit, why not Steve? And the answer came so much quicker than I realized. And God showed me through several friends that all answered the same way, three different ones, three mentors, with the same answer. The order of the way it was dealt with was wrong. When you deal with somebody that has an addiction to the extreme for over 30 years, and it caused huge problems everywhere he went and around him, and has burned all bridges, we're dealing with more than just somebody that drinks for two months too much alcohol. We're dealing with a situation that we now have demonic influence in this person. When you almost have died four to six times over that time in your life, or even more, you're dealing with a spirit of debt that's trying to control you. And even if the angels of God many times stopped it, now there was more to it. The very first thing that should have been dealt with was the spirit of abandonment, the spirit of rejection, the spirit of failure, the spirit of fear, and many more, and the spirit of debt. It should have been first cast out before Steve would have been put in a situation that his brain could shut down because the enzyme was not in his body and his brain became dependent on the alcohol. So when the cells were fed by the alcohol to feed its brain, when the alcohol was taken away for three days and the demonic powers were not taken seriously and the brain shut down is where all the problems started. So in a situation for all the Steves in the world, the first thing that should have been done is to ask Steve permission to cast out the demonic powers. When he authorized that, to cast the demonic powers out, then you would have had to deal with an inner healing and with a process of forgiveness. Have him forgive everything that went wrong in his life. So he no longer is chained to abandonment. He no longer is chained to rejection. He no longer is chained to the bottle combined with the spirit of debt. And once that would be broken off, you would encourage him to completely forgive each and every person and help him through a stage of inner healing. So he would no longer hold on to the pain and the past. And after that, my friends, after that would be the moment to enroll him in a rehab program like Teen Challenge. So what we did, what I prayed with for, the, for these people, was the wrong order. We took the matter in our own hands. We encouraged it because we wanted rehab to fix it and just think it was all done and everything fell in place and we forgot about what got him there in the first place. So what is it that you and I can do? How can you go about this to not have a repeat for all the other Steves in the world? And I have great news for you because there is something you can do you can take authority, you can take a step, 
And if Jesus Christ is inside of you, there are three things that need to take place how you can put a stop to this. And this is how it goes. Because it says in Acts 2, verse 38, three steps in what to do. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles, teaching. That is the wrong verse. Excuse me. Let's do this again. We're going to verse 38. Peter said to them, to a group of huge multitudes, what do we do? How do we change? And Peter said to them, repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There are three steps in what we need to do next. Step one, accept Jesus. Step two, be baptized, immersed in water. Step three, be spirit-filled, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. How do you do that? What is that all about? And how does this help you to take authority? We're going to get to that in the next segment. Stay tuned. And I know that you too can make a difference in all the Stevens in the world. We'll be right back. Bar TV, the stories we bring, the problems we show, the solutions we present are real. They are raw and they are authentic. The stories we share are with real people. Are you struggling or do you know someone that has problems? We want you to know that you are not alone. Many can relate. Are you afraid? God wants to give you peace. Do you feel unloved? Know that God loves you. God wants to give you love, peace, joy, and hope. Barb TV is all about the real deal. Barb TV wants to share with you its resources, its answers, and its hope. It is time to not live in a mediocre life, but for you to step into your full potential. God has great plans for you. We have great answers, resources, and great hope. Go to barbtv.org or 855-515-5550. Now you're probably saying to me, Barb, I know that stuff. You're just talking about accepting Jesus in your heart and being baptized. I, I get all this. I'm already there. But what the Holy Spirit showed me, yes, I was there too. And yes, I have seen people healed. Yes, I've seen all that too, but not Steve. So what is the problem is we have it in our head. We know it in our heart. We know it in the word of God. We see it, but we don't take it for real. We don't live it. We don't believe it. And we don't stand in its authority because we allow the influences of the world to take over. When you accept Jesus Christ in your heart, you have to believe that you no longer are part of that dark realm out there, but that you have made a change. And when you get baptized, when you've asked first, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the dead and I repent for the mistakes I've made. Bang, it's right done, it's done. Angels are partying in heaven for you. It's all good. But then step two is you have to be baptized. Now for baptism, there's a little bit more to it. When I baptize somebody, I'm gonna tell you what I say to help you to understand what I'm trying to tell you right now. I baptize you in the name of the Father, 
the Son and the Holy Spirit into the complete debt of your old sin-loving nature and the loss of debt and the loss of sin and then to be resurrected into your complete God-loving nature into a righteous relationship with your Lord and Master Jesus Christ. So for me to help you to understand what baptism really is with a very limited amount of time right now, imagine that you sign up for the army. If you sign up for the army, you write your signature down. It's like getting saved, basically. You, you get saved, you say yes to Jesus. But you are really not ready that moment to have an automatic weapon in your hand to defend your country. So when you get baptized, it's like you enter boot camp. You go to stage two. And it's not just to be a witness to everybody else, it's to step into stage two. When you step into stage two and you baptize and you merge underwater, this is the part that you say no to your sin-loving nature, but say yes to your God-loving nature. And there is a switch, there is a change. That takes place at that, place at that moment. And then after boot camp, when you get spirit-filled, and there's more to this, I'll help you with this, but when you start getting filled with Holy Spirit and say yes to Him by receiving it and open up that gift and not just let it sit, sit wrapped up on the shelf, when you open up that gift, now you're ready to stand in that authority. It's not just believing it, it's standing in it, knowing it, and know that you're bigger than the enemy. It's putting yourself in a triangle and seeing God on top, Jesus on the right, and Holy Spirit on the left, and putting yourself in the middle and starting to function within the power of the Trinity. It's not just knowing it, it's living it, it is doing it. And when you do this, all the Stevens in the world, with God's guidance and lead, but having the permission, have no chance to be stopped any longer. It changes everything wrong. Will they go wrong before? They might. Will they still make mistakes? They could. But it's a different way. And it doesn't have to end up in debt like it did for Steve. It changes everything. Why? Because... Jesus already died for it and already prayed the price and has written a book about you for you to have the full healing, the full life. Not that of destruction, but that of abundance. Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. But the next sentence is Jesus came to give you abundance. To act that up a little bit more is Colossians 2. And in Colossians 2, starting at verse 8, it says, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. We have changed. We have the authority to change. For in him all the fullness of the deity, the triangle, dwells in bodily form. And in him you have been made complete. And he is the head over all rule and authority. If Jesus is bigger, if Jesus can heal, so can you. But you have to believe it and you have to keep your eyes on 
Jesus. That's how it works, my friend. It seems so simple. It is. Again in Acts 2, verse 38. Step one, repent, but stand in that even if you have been a Christian for many years, repent, believe, stand in it, know it, and be excited about it. It's a gift from heaven itself. Step two, be baptized. Allow that change, that transformation. Step three, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Start hearing His voice. And I'll be glad to teach you much more about that on another time. But start hearing what God says. When there were these moments that even Jesus was thrown into situation, at one point, it even says in the Bible, He kneeled down and rode in the sand. He heard from Holy Spirit and then responded to the situation. Because when Jesus functioned on earth, even if he was the son of God, he did it as the son of man in the same abilities that you can have too. So my dear friend, I want to give you one more thing. When you stand in this authority, nothing can stop you. Because it says here, right before Jesus went to heaven, what he said here, in Mark 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but we who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. My friend, that's the authority that you have. That's what you can stand in. That's what you can believe. And if we start standing in what God has already given us, this world would look so different. Last week was a wake-up call for me. It hurt. It hurt bad because I knew it could have been different. But the good news is, for the next Stevens in the world, let's make a difference. If you want me to pray with you, you want me to help you or encourage me or, or encourage you, I'll be glad to do that. 855-515-5550 or go to barbtv.org. And God Almighty, we pray right now for better outcomes. Help us to first look up before we look out. In Jesus' name. Again, 855-515-5550 or barbtv.org. God loves you and he longs to help you. Have a great day. Later. Oh boy, not a good idea. The title of this show is called Called Out to Fight. I grew up with a lot of anger. And so that anger needed some outing. I like to get in fights and Why? Run. Was that because of the family situation, seeing things and completely opposite from each other? Not release me to my father. Because at the time my father didn't know the Lord like he does now. And uh, I, I just knew that he was gonna beat me pretty bad. It was not gonna be good. Oh, man, not good. So yeah. then what happened next? Same presence I felt at that Bible study. I felt the presence of God come on me. And it was so strong that I couldn't stand. I fell to my knees and I just started sobbing. Wow. As I'm sobbing, I hear the voice of God speak to me for the very first time. He says, I'm calling you to be a prophet to the nations. 
When you're doing what God's called you to do, you come alive.